Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Who Asked You Tattoo. I'm Robia, and today I am interviewing the marvelous Mr. Stephen Teft from 12 Tattoo. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing great. Marvelous. Wow. I've never been called that before. I got to be honest. <laughs> I like my adjectives. <laughs> it I've seems heard fitting. a few other ones that have been described by me, but that's okay. We'll let those go. <laughs> we'll stick with mine. Awesome. So uh, today we're really just going to be talking about tattoo process. Uh, For my podcast, I think it's really important that we start kind of unveiling the differences between artists within our industry and really talking about how each individual artist is exactly that, an individual, and really talking through process and how each person kind of dives into their own tattooing, their style, so on and so forth. So uh, first I want to just get started with, um, like I said, the the name of your shop is 12 Tattoo. And where are you located? Uh, 12 Tattoo is located in Groton, Connecticut, uh, actually submarine capital of the world where they build submarines. And um, so you said you've been tattooing for 30 years. About 28 to 30 years, yes. Okay. And I mean, not to get into a huge backstory, but, um, you know, obviously something brought you into the industry. Uh, how long have you owned your own shop? How did you end up getting from, you know, apprentice or however you started? Or did you do a, an actual apprenticeship? Uh, kind of. When I first started, no one would teach you. Like nobody. I knocked oh. down doors and they F off, you know. I mean, I don't know if you could swear on your station, but you know yep. how it used to be. Brutal. So um, then I kind of did my own thing. You can only learn so much the wrong way to do it. And then luckily I got into a shop um, and I tattooed and watched. And then I started getting tattooed by the people I looked up to and then started asking questions from them. Awesome. And then how long from like that point to the time you decided to venture out and open up your own studio? Um, I worked at a shop and managed a shop for 13 years and then my own. And now I've been my own shop for about 13 years. Oh, awesome. Very cool. Tattooing is a calling. And if it didn't call you, then I think you're not in it for the right reasons. Or you won't stay in it. <laughs> yeah, then you'll be distracted. And, you know, if you like, like the dinosaur, if you don't evolve and whether you like it or not, then you're just going to be passed by. Yeah, yeah. It, how, how passionate are you about it? It's what will keep you in it. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, the thing is, and I'll be honest, as you know, sometimes it's a job when you're not feeling well and maybe going through some personal stuff and you still got clients. I mean, but I would say, I would say 90% of the time I can't wait to go tattoo. And the other 10 is, you know, it's a job and you got to kind of suck it up, butt a cup and make it happen. Yeah. And I think, I think that is actually one of the tough things that maybe sometimes people don't realize about tattoo artists, you know, yes, we're artists and a lot like painters, we kind of do this maybe from an emotional area like we have to really feel it to make those projects really dope right and there's those days you wake up and yes you're a production artist at the end of the day you have to show up whether you feel like it or not and yeah. I think that that's something that people miss which makes us less service and more artists that's one of those yes. things where we don't fall into that hairstylist category that where we don't have the opportunity to do a bad haircut that day or make a mistake. We have to be on it no matter what's going on in our personal lives. Well, also, you know, to bring up the hairdresser thing, you know, not, and, and just, I'm just going to use this because it's the only way not to say it. 
you know, maybe they're doing 10 different haircuts or 10 different colors. We're asked to do multiple things, multiple days. And sometimes in your brain, if you're just not into it, it's, it's hard. You know, it's like, I consider plastic surgery. Would you want your plastic surgeon working on you when he just was up all night with a sick child or fighting with his spouse or whatever you may want to call it, but still you got to show up, you got to do the job. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I said, suck it up, buttercup. Like this is what we do. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's it's just something for, you know, clients to kind of keep in mind that it is important that they acknowledge that, yes, we we are here to provide a service, um, yes. I, you know, air quotes. Um, we are here to provide a service. But at the end of the day, we are performing a little differently than just somebody who can show up maybe a little hungover. <laughs> yes, which is true. You know, um, and as I say to most of my clients, you know, go to the artist that wants to do what you want done. You know, you will get 10 times better tattoo. When I get tattooed, I give them three themes and say, do what you do, because this is why I'm here. This is why I, I don't want to direct you in your art. Right. These are the three things I want to do. You pick all the three and do them your way and I'll get much better tattoo. And speaking of that, that actually leads me right into uh, where we're going. Let's talk about style. Let's talk about, uh, well, let's talk about your style. Um, and what I mean is just not just the style that you do, but I also want to talk about like names for styles because it seems to be something that people are really having a difficult time finding artists that they need, right? So I'm looking for somebody who does, you know, black and gray or whatever. How do I get a hold of that person? What do I call this style? So well, the problem what do you is call your style. Um, I would say dark surrealism. Okay. Um, you know, realistic with a twist of the dark. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think creepy things to me are something that's human, but twisted. Okay. Or something that could exist, but I just make it evil or dark or dead or whatever. But basically realism. Okay. You so, know? I mean, if, if somebody is, yeah. let's say, let's say I'm looking for somebody who does something like you, how do you hashtag your work on Instagram? Because that's one thing I talk to people about a lot is if you're looking to find an artist, Instagram is a great place to do it and you can hashtag search. So like when I, I post myself, I hashtag certain things. What are the hashtags that you use that somebody could use to find your style? Uh, the biggest one I like the most is dark art, hashtag dark art. Because okay. then you come across amazing paintings, but it's a lot of the, the other tattoo artists I look up to that do the same. And that's kind of where I got it from, you know, the same style of demons and devils and zombies and, you know, any kind of horror movie stuff. So I think that's the number one, just hashtag dark art or horror tattoos or anything along that line. And you're going to find us. And do you put hashtags on your post about... Um like where you are, you'll name your city, yes. hashtag tattoo city, hashtag that kind of thing. The city. I hashtag the actual street I'm on. I hashtag the name of my shop. I hashtag ink master. I hashtag, you know, things that I think would help like the easiest way to get to me. Right. You know? So yeah, somebody's looking for that dark art style or, you know, dark art, hashtag your city name, that kind of thing. Or I do black and gray realism and freehand. Okay. I, I, I hashtag a lot because I think that's important. Yeah. That you're actually freehanding drawing your work. So is that something yeah. you primarily do? Do you almost always draw on the client? And let's, well, first of all, I, let's actually explain freehanding. Um, yes. I hear a lot of people use, misuse this word. So tell me about freehanding to begin with. Me freehanding means no stencil whatsoever. Okay. To take a marker and or pen to draw right on the skin. And that's it. Very simple. From beginning freehanding. to end. No stencils. Beginning involved. to end. 
You know, there's okay. parts where, say, I'm doing a geometric something with something else. Fine, I will stencil that part. But, you know, freehand. Yeah. Okay. No restrictions. So, got yeah. it. And um, so with that, do you just primarily stick to black and gray? Do you do color at all? And will you add it in as request, maybe a color or that kind of thing? Or do you primarily stick to your black and gray? Um, most of the time it's stick to black and gray, but I'm an old school artist like you. If someone books me for a full color superhero or a flower, I have just as much fun because I don't get to do it a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I tell a story. I went to one of the first conventions after I won the show and I did skulls all weekend to the point of nauseam. And I love skulls. I'm covered in them, but I'm like, can someone give me a flower? Because I'm so sick of doing the same thing all weekend. Right. And yeah. I'm, I'm almost the opposite because I do primarily floral. <laughs> right. So I'm like, can I but get a black and gray realism? <laughs> but after a while, because somebody just gave me something else. Yeah, totally. You know, we're well, artists. Think... We, need to be, we need to be challenged. I think not every day. We don't want to be challenged every day because some days you want to walk in and go, I just don't want to be thinking my brain off today. Yeah. And I, and I give such credit to these guys that do these super full color realism and intricates. And I mean, they're tattooing 12 hours. My head would explode. But, you know, feel free to challenge us. Like, let, let us take your idea and make it our idea as the best collaborative of a tattoo. And I think that that's really important for people to understand. You know, we're talking about style. We're talking about somebody coming to you for what you do. Um, you know, like you go to the color realism guys. Um, so I talk to my clients a lot about this. So I, as many years have gone by, there are things that, you know, I think we all started off with flash tattoos and you know, little things like that, right? We were all Turnham and Burnham artists in the beginning, which means you're taking walk-ins, you're doing this kind of stuff and you're doing anything that people ask of you that's within your wheelhouse because you're hungry and you need the, you need the money and you need the practice and you need the art, right? Uh, but as we yes. grow into our own styles and we find our preferences, and we now have created something that we really, really love doing and we're really good at. What are the things that you will no longer do that you just, no matter what, I'm not doing this stuff? Um, I, there's not a lot because I still have that old school mentality of if you book me, I'm honored. What I, what I will get you away from is the stuff that's trendy, the pocket watches, the staircases, you know. Um, I had a guy book me for a name. Um, I'm like, sure, man, whatever. You want to pay that price? I'm fine. But I really try to stay away from heavily stenciled, strict, straight off of Instagram. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we've all been through the trends. I've done years of tribal like you and the Harley ones and, you know, the Tasmanian devils. Like we did that and I'm fine mm -hmm. with that. But now that we realized it can go in any direction you want it to, I try to just not do the same thing over and over. And I, and I refuse to like, I'll just stare them like, listen, that's been on inter that's been on Instagram a thousand times. You just wrote mm -hmm. me the same old picture. Not, I don't want to do that. Right. Let's, let's come and up with something for you. Yeah. I'll talk them into a, that, but different. And anything sure. hate related, you know, I'm not, and I'm not going to do obviously racist, dumb shit or just dumb sayings and just really stupid things. I don't like, like these novelty tattoos, like, hey, man, just throw, I hate girl. I don't know what, I can't even have it. I just won't do that dumb shit. Yeah, right. Where it's like, well, what, do you, what is this even for? Maybe you'll get I a shirt made. I won't do tattoos unless it's a friend of mine. You know, the lip, the dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have one? Over it. Do you have the inside of your lip tattooed? No. 
Oh, I, I always thought it was dumb and I still think it's dumb. <laughs> that's so, funny. <laughs> I don't get um, tattoos to have them fall off me. So that's why I don't do that. For sure. For sure. It's, I mean, it is. I would agree. I would agree hundred percent. That is definitely a novelty tattoo. Um, because when you, when you tell them it's going to fall out, Oh, I don't care. Right. Okay. But they do really. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's something. Yeah. I, I ran into that the, the other week. I was at a restaurant and a girl I'm, I'm leaving the restaurant. I'm trying to pay. I'm trying to go. And she's talking to me about my tattoos, of course. And she wants to show me her tattoos. And she shows me this tattoo that is going to age horribly. It's a bunch of little line work. It's just going to look like garbage in five years. And, and it's too many lines too close together, right? right? Where you know that that thing as the skin ages, and she was maybe, we're talking 19, 18, 19 years old. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, listen, I said, it's a great tattoo. And it was, it was well done. Um, I said, but just, you know, keep in mind for the future when you're getting tattooed, maybe not so much detail in such a small space. It won't hold well over time. And she goes, oh yeah, I know. And I went, oh, okay. Well then we can't, we're, we're obviously not going to have this conversation where when people are going, oh yeah, I know. I don't care. It's fine. And it's like, yeah, it's fine until you hit your thirties or your forties. Isn't it? Well, to bring up another subject, and I find funny, there's no other profession that I can think of where people will stop you and talk to you everywhere about you tattooing them. Like, I can't imagine a doctor's out and going, oh, my God, you know, this hurts. Or we'll be anywhere, dinner, and going, oh, you're a tattoo artist? Hey, this is what I want. It's like, um, I'm kind of busy. Have you ever had a waiter pull up their sleeve while you're eating? That's the best. Everywhere, you know everywhere yeah where well, you're, you're you're sitting there minding your business eating and the waiter comes by midway through your bite and says oh check this out and pulls up their sleeve right and then it turns into this uh somehow it turns into a, a consultation that yeah. they're never coming to get tattooed by you Absolutely. But, you know you know you're cordial i'm like yeah that's cool man like i just say yo call me at my shop yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's always a funny one to me, though. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm just going to enjoy my dinner. Give me a call whenever you're ready. <laughs> hey, next time you're out and, and you're eating. Hey, man, could you pick up my plate and bring it to me? I know you're a waiter. So I saw cool. you. <laughs> I saw you. You could, you could serve me. <laughs> totally. Uh, OK, so I mean, so basically when it comes back, let's get back to what, what <laughs> I get yes. a tangent to. Um, huh. So, yeah, what we won't do anymore. So, I mean, you're, you're pretty open still. Do you? Um, which I guess is uh, an, an interesting thing. You know, for me, I've gotten pretty closed off uh, over the last, especially the last two years. Right. Um, my list of things I won't do has gotten pretty long, actually. Um, but I think it's really for the same reasons. You know, it's, it's the trending stuff. It's the, it's the, hey, you know, we can do better. You know, we can make something for you. And I think that's why I tend to steer away from a lot of the traditional styles of tattooing. Well, I truly believe, too, in... Um, to me, in my opinion, uh, more women tend to be trendier than the guys. Mm. And you tattoo a lot of women, which I don't tattoo a lot of women. You know, and I see it at my shop where they come in, well, I saw this on Pinterest and I saw this and I saw that like it used to be back in the day with the tramp stamps and all that. <laughs> so I don't get so much trendy stuff where I do believe more women follow the trends, like in fashion, men are not thinking this way. Right. Except if they're in the gym and you know the tribal shit and all that other crap. Right. So I think there's a lot to do with it also. Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, right. Where I have to have a little bit more boundaries set 
for my clientele because I do tend to find that, yeah, it is a very trending, you know, if I do a hummingbird and floral piece that comes out amazing, which I've done a lot of them. Now, granted, I love them. They actually don't get old for me. I really enjoy it. I also love the fact that it's, I can make each one very individual. And I know that a woman's never going to look back on this piece and regret it. They're not going to all of a sudden find hummingbirds and floral to be ugly or out of fashion. It's a very timeless piece. So I really love putting this type of stuff on people. But I noticed when I put out a really good piece of a hummingbird and floral, I get about 12 emails within that week for hummingbird and floral. So it's that idea of trending type stuff. So let's talk about- Which is great. I mean- Go ahead. No, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's just just the the up and the downside of, of what we do now. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I mean, how, how is it too, that there are so, you know, there's billions of images out there, but there's probably at this point, not one that hasn't been done. No. And like I used to say, we had back in the shop, like with you, thousands of images on flash racks and you did 10% over and over and over. Yes. You might as well just take the rest down. (laughs) Yeah. Because one person would get this one, but then 10 people that week, like got to have that one. I'm like, I just did it yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we got got the stencil ready. Let's go. (laughs) Right. I I, I even know the shortcuts to this one. I've done it seven times this week. I don't need need reference anymore. We're good. Right. So um, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, I want to start getting into like your process. When you're meeting a new client, um, and I really want to talk about like how you like to be approached and all that stuff. But when you're meeting a new client, how much of their input do you want and how much creative freedom do you want? Um, do you like people to be very technical with you? I, I noticed, you know, I'm sure you've had this where somebody comes to you with a drawing that somebody drew for them, or they come to you with a very specific image um, of this is what I want in your preference, not necessarily what you do and don't do all the time, but in your preference, how do you prefer for somebody to approach you with an idea? I, Prefer them not to say this is exactly what I want, especially if it's a, somebody else created the image. I will do it and I will explain to them, obviously someone else already has this image that you'll be wearing the rest of your life. And you might walk into somebody or meet somebody that actually has this tattoo. I prefer they come in with a pretty, not concrete idea, but pretty like, all right, this is the direction I want to go. How can you get me there? I like the artistic freedom of, right, I'm going to take your idea and blend my idea with it versus my brother drew this, do this. That I'm not a big fan of. And will I mean, if you are, are you the type of person that'll go, look, I don't think this is a good idea, but I'll do it if you really want to. Yes, I will then take my time. Well, this is where I think it could be. This is how much I would make it my design and your design. But if you really want this one, then I will do this one. Okay. Unless um, I think it's just a bad image. Right, where it's not going to hold up or it's not going to... Well, know, I have a joke of saying, you know, just because your brother can draw better than you doesn't make him an artist. Right. Well, and so, it definitely doesn't make him a tattoo artist because that's something I've run into where somebody brings you a drawing that looks great in its digital form or looks great as a painting or a photograph or this, but it's yes. not going to execute as a tattoo. Oh, God, this guy brought me in. He wanted a full arm piece of beautiful art piece. I don't know who did it, but it was a guy made of ice kissing a woman made of fire, creating steam. Mm-hmm. I said, you know how much black background your whole arm to make this stand out? 
And if you get five years out of it, good luck. And you're going to spend thousands of dollars. Yeah. So once again, your, your perfect point, great art piece, hanging on the wall, admire it and love it every day. Does not work on the skin and won't work. Yeah. And, and, and it may, it may for a minute, but it's not going to hold. And that's really, I think what people sometimes fail to realize in tattooing is this is one of the few situations where art will age in a way that it never has before. You know, the painting that's yes. on the wall behind you, you can throw a coat of, of, of lacquer over the front of that thing and seal it. And it's going to stand, you know, a hundred years at least. I mean, we've seen paintings that have been around forever, right? But, also remember, but also remember, those paintings are not allowed to be in sunlight. Right. In museums, they don't have windows, have sun beating on them because that painting will go away. And it's even more so in skin because not only are we dealing with sunlight, yes. but the actual aging process of losing elastin in our skin and everything kind of sells, it dulls down every day. And so I think it's really, I think that's a really important message to drive home to our clients that, you know, not every art piece that's going to work as art, especially digital art, where the background is super white or yes. super black. Um, yeah. And, and, and it's already creating its contrast where nobody is, well, I can't say nobody, but most people are not super white or super black. They're not, there's no. no, they're all sorts of shades. And that's the background template that we're working on. That's the color palette we're now working on. And also people don't realize paint and other mediums are on top of the canvas, not in the canvas, which dulls everything down. So, you know, there's that whole process there. I just think, I think your show is great educating people on like, let's have realistic expectations. What sucks is now what is using filters and, you know, and then digitally enhancing when you go to that website that calls people out for, this is what the tattoo looks like. And then it heals and it doesn't look anything like that. I know what you're talking about. And it's, and I mean, it, it's true and it's not, you know, that, that particular page, um, I agree and little... disagree with. Um, yeah. For those that don't know, you're talking about Tattoo Truth Fairy, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I, I agree and disagree with this page. Um, on one hand, I really agree that people shouldn't be doctoring up tattoo art in a way that's unrealistic and creating unrealistic expectations. Yes. Um, on another hand, it's very difficult to sell something that doesn't look a particular way. Right. So you've got to find a balance in there of that. And then also, as every tattooer will tell you, when you go to take a picture of a tattoo, 90% of the time, it doesn't look as good in the photo as it does in person. No. And, I, and listen, I up, the, I up the contrast too because the lighting washes it out. You, so and you I kind of have contrast to. to go, so this looks like what it looks like in person. Right. But then when these guys are like upping the whites and it's like, all right, come on. Well, and straight going in and Photoshopping certain areas. Straight going, Photoshopping Moving lines. things out. Now you're just lying. Like yeah. that's, I mean, you're literally, you're convincing people they're, they're not going to get this product. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and it's, and I think that there's a, I think that's why I li like and dislike that page so much uh, because it is one of those things where it's a fine line to walk as an artist. You know, yes. on one hand, you want real representation of your work. And most of the time that calls for a little adjusting of lighting in your yes. editing process. At the same time, you don't want to overdo it and oversell your work. And I think the reality is at the end of the day, those who are doing that, that are actually Photoshopping their stuff, their clients are going to get there and they're going to get tattooed and it's not going to come out looking like the photos on Instagram and they're going to figure it out. I mean, yeah, for the, for the most part. So, and again, you know, the healed tattoo versus the fresh tattoo, 
you know, um, of course the tattoo yeah. is going to look very different healed than fresh. Plus too, you don't know what that person did. How many people left your shop? You live in California, you know, ripped off the bandage, went out in the sun, baked that thing, killed it. You don't know that they let it dry, really mess it up. Like that's the whole process. No one said, Hey, here's a painting with wet paint. Bring it home. Try not to smudge it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. There's a whole process to this. Yeah, right? absolutely. Hey, I bought a Picasso that's yeah. wet. Yeah, I bought a Picasso that was wet and my dog sat out in the car. It doesn't look like this anymore. Well, yeah, you messed it up. Can you repaint it for me? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the other thing. Hey, I messed this up. Could you do it for free again? Yeah, yeah. no. Right. Touch up work. I mean, I think, I think that's a really big one to talk about, you know. Um, and actually, that wasn't even totally on my list here, but let's touch on that real quick. Let's talk about touch-ups. Um, guarantee. So first of all, do you guarantee your work? Meaning like I, I do, I'll tell somebody, look, if you get home and there's some stuff that, you know, maybe didn't saturate as well, or, you know, it's on your thigh and your pants were rubbing it or one of these types of things where it wasn't necessarily neglect from the person's aftercare, yeah. but it's just, you know, sometimes right. it heals differently than others. And you have them come back. Do you guarantee that and tell them you'll do the touch-up for free? I don't, I don't say I guarantee my work. I say, if you have any issues at all, hit me up, come in. Let me look at what the problem could be. Is it you? Is it me? You know, if it's me, I got no problem. Hey man, you know what? You were bleeding a little heavy in that spot. I knew it was going to be tricky to heal. You know, the bendy spots like inside your arm, the elbows, you know, I said, I got no problem hitting that back up. You know, my work is my work and I want you to have the best work. I mean, you're my walking billboard. Yes. And so, and, and I think, you know, you know, it's difficult to explain in a situation like this without actually having something to show. So it's difficult to explain. You can almost always tell the difference between when your work didn't heal well versus they didn't take care of it. well. And so when it's an obvious situation where the person didn't take care of it, well, will you charge them to touch it up? Um, what I normally say, cause I usually have multiple appointments. I'll be like, Hey, you know what, when you come back, What's another 15, 20 minutes? No big deal. You know, that's what I do. So I, that way I don't have to charge her. Right. So you just, you say, Hey, look, when you're coming back to get other work you know, done, I'll throw that in for free. I'll throw it for free. You know what I mean? We already got it all out. No big deal. Awesome. So which you saying, you know, that you do multiple appointments. So are you at this point strictly yes. by appointment or do you do walk-ins still? It's funny, I'm strictly by appointment, but if someone cancels and I'm there and I don't like, I don't wanna use this term, someone lucky enough to get me that day, you know, it's kind of egotistical, but they're like, oh my God, you're open? I'm like, yeah, like, what do you want? And I've done $100 bang. Now I usually do, my minimums are expensive, but I can't be a jackass. You know, I might've been someone 18 trying to get their first tattoo. I'm like, yo, that's pretty cool. Let's just rock this out. You know, I'll, I'll charge you a good rate. You know, I just, I'm doing nothing. I, I'd rather tattoo. Okay, fair enough. I I feel to me, I, I work in a shop, you know, and I brought up old school. It's like, if I'm sitting there doing nothing, I mean, normally if I got nothing to do, I'm out. I'm doing other stuff like in my life. But if I'm like, man, I wanted to tattoo today. So if I don't grab one of my apprentices and say, sit here, I want to tattoo you. <laughs> hey, I'll make a little quick buck and get out. 
And now in your shop though, so you're by appointment primarily, unless someone gets lucky, which I agree with that statement. Like, I don't think it's egotistical. The reality is if you're not usually available yes. and you happen to be available, that's lucky. Um, yeah. So it's not that, that, that you're God's gift or anything. It's just that, Hey, you got lucky, man. I happen to be available where you normally would be on a wait list. Yeah. Um, and I'm in June. So I'm pretty booked up, you know, and I'm pricey, you know, why not? You know, but um, so actually, let's talk about that for a second. How far in advance are you booked up typically? I mean, does it vary for time of year? Like for me, it varies based on the time of year. But for you, are you pretty much booked up always the same amount throughout the year? Um, usually it's always around three months to four months. But then Netflix put out Ink Master again during the pandemic. So only two seasons, not all thirteen. So and only the I first two. So I won season two. So all these kids eight years ago or nine years ago when I won weren't old enough. Now they're like, oh my God, he's on Netflix and he's down the road. Right. So it was nine years ago. So now I'm booked out till May, June. And I've, you know, closed my books for a little while because that's just, honestly, it's too far. You know, I, I, I think about too that too. I know a lot of artists and I will talk to other artists that do book that far out. Um for me personally, three months is about where I want to max out because I'm actually not that great of a planner for vacations and wanting to do impromptu Trust trips. Me. Like I, I can't wait to talk to an artist who does book out. Actually, I have a good buddy of mine who's I'm going to be doing an interview with soon. He books three years out and I can't wait to talk to him about that. And like, how do you plan your life? Do you plan vacations three years in advance? But I bet he does. He's really on it. Like, but I, for me, I just, you know, I like at least some freedom in my life. That doesn't even make sense to me because the only problem I have with that, what if you didn't finish the piece? Then the nigs never going to match. And well, honestly, he, I know he books like, I know he gets it done where he, where like his clients have priority. So if he's working, cause he only does larger scale stuff. Right. So if he's working on somebody, he books all of their appointments at once. And so that way they get in okay. on time. Honestly, I can't even fathom a book till June. So, right. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, it's just, it's interesting. That's, I think, I mean, such an individual artist thing, right? I think it's such a good thing to point out to yes. clients that, you know, he prefers to book three years in advance where you are like three months and I'm, I, I'm good. Yeah. Because, you know, what's worse than, all right, three months comes up and either A, I have to be somewhere or I'm sick, or, you know, I mean, especially, you know, we don't know, life is life, you know, um, death in the family, crazy life stuff, important life stuff, not like, hey, I need a break, you know, that's right. cool, I can push you a back day or two, but if I break my arm, now it's eight weeks out of work, what do you do with three years of appointments? Right, right, that's a really valuable point. You know, next um, you know, you're working seven days a week when you come back and you're out and you're burnt out. Well, and I think I, I find too, that that's like the idea of like books closed, right? I've had a lot of people ask me about this. Oh, my books are closed. Um, I think what that is, is artists who know that they live a, a less predictable lifestyle or life are being responsible and saying, Hey, look, I can't book any further out than this amount of time. So I have to close my schedule and then I will open it back up. So I think maybe people have a misunderstanding about the book, what, books closed means um that hey look we're we can only stretch this out yeah I, I honestly think most people think it's an ego thing right like you're so important you're closing your books it's like it's like no it's like you get burnt out 
sometimes you need a week vacation. You know, do you want to be booked during my week vacation? I call you go, guess what? You booked it, but you're moved. So it right. didn't matter anyway. <laughs> totally. And that's, and that's another thing, you know, I, I talk to my clients about that too, about booking, you know, when I get people that come into me for large scale pieces, right. Where I, yeah. and I have a good example of this. She's going to know who I'm talking about, but I won't mention her name. Um, I started on this really intricate, detailed tropical floral sleeve, shoulder to, to wrist, um, heavy color saturation the whole way through lots of detail all background no skin showing full blown and i mean we're talking like like crazy tropical plants and so when she first came in i said look you are gonna like this is a commitment like yes. if we're gonna get this whole thing done we're probably looking between like holidays coming up you're probably gonna come in at maybe at most once a month if you, every six weeks you know and for a while she was we were doing this every, every four weeks, she was in my chair and we got about three quarters of the way through this thing. And we've been working on it for about a year now. And, Easy. uh, we still have a good section of her lower arm to do and life happened. And she hasn't been able to make it into my shop for about four months, three or four months. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the, and I, I think she will finish it up, <clears throat> but I think that it's one of those things that people just I think she grasped it, but sometimes people don't understand when you're doing a piece like that. I mean, you're talking a year or two years before you're going to complete this project and yes. how much time and energy. And it's, it's just understanding the commitment. I think it's the biggest understanding in tattooing is the amount of time that it takes to do these pieces. You're not building a house, you're building a neighborhood. <laughs> you know, I go, great way to put so it. if you come... The most you're ever going to come is once every three weeks. And that's a lot. So like you said, once every month, once every six weeks, whether it's finances or time. So when they, when you get this all the time too, they hit, Hey, how much for a sleep? It's like, first of all, you committed a year to a year and a half of your life in a large chunk of money. And that's if you stay with it, like a project, you rip apart a bathroom and you start rebuilding it. And then you leave it for a while. You don't end up finishing it. You live with it. Right. So it's very hard to stay committed to these large pieces that people start because they think on TV, well, they did that in six hours. And I'll go, right. Okay. But let's be real here. You just sat down for four hours. And we got an eight inch chunk done <laughs> feet long. And we just did eight inches today. So if you figure out the math, it's going to take a while. And I think that that's something that, you know, I don't, I won't get the opportunity to talk to every artist about because not every artist got an opportunity to be on reality TV. This is actually, it's interesting because Ink Masters and shows like it um, are one of the yep. reasons I decided to do this podcast was because uh, in watching the shows, I felt that there was a huge portion of our process that was not being discussed, right? It looks as though, like, especially what was the Tattoo Nightmares, I think it was, um, where it's a cover-up, uh, where the person walks in and makes it seem as if they walked in, talked for a few minutes, the artist went back, took five minutes, drew up this epic drawing, and then now we're just going to sit down and tattoo it. They don't even realize that the consultation was a different day. The artist took hours to produce well, that piece of art. Well, the one thing, the one thing I will tell you on the show is they force you. The one thing that is real, the show is 99% real. The real thing is time. And all the, if you pay attention, 
all the judges keep saying, stop trying to do elaborate. Do banger, super solid tattoos you know you can finish. People get on the show, want to show off, and you know as far as a cover-up, this might take weeks to figure out what we're going to do. Never mind your idea whether it's even going to work or not. Right. On a TV show, you're going to get what I can give you. Right. So in a way, it, in a way, they just fall into TV thing, but these are things you would never do at your shop. Right, and never, that's kind of my point. Never, never, never. You would never time yourself and try to beat a clock. On season, on season two, I got handed a cover-up that I literally didn't know what I was, wouldn't even have taken it in my shop, but I didn't have choice. Mm. So that's the difference. I'm forced into doing these things. And I mean, you don't have to answer this one if you don't want to, but I mean, do you think that that's a healthy representation of what we do? In a nutshell, yes. I think what it basically is is this. They can't get into the whole process. They give you snippets of the process. Mm -hmm. You're going to sit down, you're going to have a consultation. Everything's shortened. Your consultation's half hour to two hours, and then we're going to do the tattoo in six hours or less. Because at the end of the game, they just want to see what does the tattoo look like? You know, it's like this. It's Thanksgiving dinner. They don't show you shopping for all the groceries and right. the three days of preparation. All they say is show you cooking it, show you eating it. How good is it? So in a way, it, it gives the average person a, a, a peek into our lives, but not all of it. Has that at all negatively impacted the way clients approach you? I, in a way, um, I think the positives outweigh the negatives, you know, that made more people aware of the process. Maybe sure. don't know everything about the process because of the variables. You can't, you can't factor in all the variables. You just can't skin tone, color, where it is, you know, what you want, the style you want it, you know, too many variables. But I do think, you know, like I said, it's in a nutshell. It's kind of like you watch any cooking show. Well, all of a sudden you got to produce a seven course meal and you got 36 minutes to do it. <laughs> totally. It can be done. Won't be done. The greatest of the greatest. Right. So that's where that's the one negative. I'll say the expectations sometimes make people a little unrealistic, but then it's our job to go, listen, this is how the process works. Hence this podcast. <laughs> Hence this podcast, which is I, when, uh, when I got presented with it, talking to you, it's, it's brilliant. I think, you know, I just it, think it's really important to kind of break it down and say, Hey, you know, yes. I, and I agree with you. I think I think masters and Miami Inc and all the different ink shows um, really did our industry, if you will, um, the, the best it could have, you know, I mean, it took something that was kind of taboo and yes. still had a lot of stigma around it and really showed that it's not just tattoos, it's art. Right. Like, and there's lots of different kinds of it and lots of different people involved in it. And I think it was really overall a very beneficial thing yes. for us um, as artists. I think um, it's the, my honest opinion. These shows are the greatest thing to ever have in the tattooist because number one, the way we were considered. Mm -hmm. Number two, as a woman, you know what it was like coming up early. Mm -hmm. It was the boundaries were impossible. There weren't boundaries. There were walls, gates, mountains. Wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. Crushing it. You know, just going, doesn't matter what you look like. As I tell my apprentices, and I have a couple of really pretty girl apprentices, I go, no one come out of the shop and said, how hot was that tattoo artist? They look at that tattoo and go, that's either a good tattoo or that is a bad tattoo. And that's the one thing I loved about Ink Masters, that we are normal people, quote unquote, that this is what we do for a job. We're artists that do this for a job and we have families and make a living 
and there is no stereotypes of what and who we are. Yeah, I think it's one of the coolest things that we have about our industry is we have such a diverse group of people that do tattoos and that, especially nowadays, that get tattooed. Yeah, if I said to you, what's a tattoo artist look like? Years ago, you'd know exactly what he looked like. A biker. Some biker dude, <laughs> right? Now you're like, what's a tattoo artist look like? I'm like, anybody? Yeah. And I think it really opened the doors that people who kind of were afraid of getting tattooed that, well, I'm going to look cheap or I'm going to look, people going to look down on me. Now it's like, no, like this is true form of art and you get to wear it forever. Yeah, that was a big one for me um, in dealing with, with, you know, I've been heavily tattooed for, since before it was acceptable for women to be heavily oh, tattooed. Yeah. And it's, it, it's so different nowadays when I walk around, especially I live in San Diego, which is a really heavily tattooed population here. Um, there right. are lots of moms on the PTA that look like I do. It's, it's yes. maybe not the hands and neck and face, but, you know, they have sleeves and they're tattooed. And, you know what I mean? It's pretty popular out here um, for women. Yes. And it was, not, I mean, I remember walking into grocery stores and just jaws dropping at the fact that I looked the way I did. People would assume I had, I was, or at one time had been on many drugs <laughs> or I had yes. been to jail. <laughs> or you're a criminal or anything. Right. Or my, or my husband is. Um, that was right. actually probably the most the most common one. Oh, your husband must be a biker. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I think it's really cool that the, I do believe that that is what those shows have really contributed to in our industry is really shedding light on the fact that we're not all bikers and drug addicts and criminals. Yeah, I got rid of the stereotypes, which that's great. Wow, no one I know does that, but I see this guy doing it or this girl doing it. I can do that. That's mm -hmm. what I want to do. And I think that's fantastic. And with your show, we're just educating them now to processes of like, all right, there's a there's a 10-step process to go from your idea to putting this on your skin. Right. And so let's let's keep going with that. So how okay. do you um how do you really so we book, you're booked in advance, you do appointments. How do you prefer to be contacted? I know people will have, you know, I don't want to be DM'd on Instagram. Email me. I have a booking form. I have a this. What is your preferred method of somebody initiating contact with you? First, I say go to my Instagram because it's something that notifies on my phone that I see all the time. I never check my emails. I hate email. I never check it. I got 55,000 unread emails. Um, that's the easiest way to get to me because I'm always on Instagram. And I just say, first thing I say, send me a few pictures of your idea. So visually, I get it. I don't want 6,000 page paragraph. I will not read it. My attention span's not that long. So then I just try to say, okay, I kind of got where you're going. Book a free consultation at my shop. I want to talk to you in person. Or a few times I've set up a few Zoom meetings or whatever. Like, let's really talk. If otherwise enough, they send me a picture of like, well, I really want this flower and I want a hummingbird. Okay, we don't really need a consultation. I could put that together in front of you in 20 minutes or less. But you know, if we're talking sleeves and full art pieces, we definitely need to sit down and get together. And if you're traveling, then we'll, we'll do a FaceTime call on my shop phone or something so we can really go over and get it locked in. And do you, if the person's local, do you prefer an in-person consultation or does it matter 100%, to you? 100%. 100%. 
I want to know where, I want to know skin tone. I want to know attitude. I want to know why you're getting this. You know, that way it gives me artistic license. All right, I know why you're doing that. This might be a better road to this, for the meaning of just like, well, I'm just getting a tattoo, so I don't care. Right. Two totally different things. Well, and I think that's, you know, that's a big one for me with my clients. I do, I do pretty in-depth consultations. I prefer in person as well. I agree with you. Um, when people come to me and they start, oh, I want this, 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 and this. I'm like, okay, so hang on a second. Why? Why are we picking this image? Is this just the best thing that you could kind of find that kind of met what you kind of wanted? Or is this what you really want? And why? Yes. And when you can break that down, I think with people, you go, oh, did you know that this also means that? Or this also represents that? Have you thought about this? Especially, um, especially of your uh, probably clientele, a lot of women, they love to get dates of kids and this and that. And I'm like, I, I shy away from dates. I'm like, why don't you do a birth flower? Why don't you do a birth gem? Why don't you do something they like that represents them? So I do an art piece instead of just hammering a bunch of letters on you that look like shit. They never look good. I'm just not a fan of that. And like death dates. Why do you want to be reminded of that? Let's do something representational. Art, as you know. That is something I go into a lot with my clients of, hey, this is something that's going to bring you back to this moment all the time. You know, I actually, I, I, in my long list of things I talk to, death dates are one of them. I will not, you cannot talk me into it. Um, there's absolutely no way. And I actually no longer put lettering or numbers within my images unless it is trash polka and it fits. Um, right. Other than that, yeah, no, I, I think it clutters it up and, and that kind of thing too. So, but I think it's really important that, that, People understand that sometimes when you're sitting down with an artist, having that, that conversation, the reason they're coming to you as a tattoo artist is because it's your job to design tattoos. Yes. And so why not let you help them? And that, that's people, what the consultation's for, right? Yeah. A lot of people are kind of like, I'm hungry, but I really don't know what I want to eat. And you're like, like okay. Do you hate, tell me what you don't like first. Yeah. Are you a vegan? Stay away from that. <laughs> You're a vegan. Cool. Now I know to stay away from meat. So same thing with the tattoo process. I'm like, all right, you're getting this for this. What don't you like? Well, I don't want a lot of color. Or I want more color. Cool. Now we're on the same path, going the same direction. Um, there's a few times I've actually turned down pieces like, we just can't get together on this. Yes. And I don't know what you want. I don't think it'll be a great tattoo. And I don't think I'm the guy to do it. Or sometimes and you I have ask, no problem saying that. Yeah. I mean, I, I get to a point sometimes where somebody's telling me what they want and I just can't put it together in my head. It's not forming an image, right? I don't know if you're visual like I am. I kind of have yeah. these pictures that kind of project in front of me as I'm trying to piece a, 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 a tattoo together, especially when we're talking about multiple images in one, one, you know, kind of collaging. Yeah. Um, so when somebody's coming to me and I just can't put it together. You know, and I just go, you know, I, I just don't think I'm a good fit for this piece. Like, I just, I'm not picking up what you're putting down today. Yes. Especially with cover-ups. Yeah. You know, they come up with this idea. I'm like, that will never work. And I don't know what to do with that yet. Because this is what you really want. And that will not work. Well, and what you want and what you know, will cover. I want a sun over a tribal black. It's like, um, unfortunately. Yeah, what you want doesn't and what work cover, all the time. Yeah, isn't always the same tattoo. <laughs> yeah. So I think like this, your podcast about consultations, I believe is the most important thing to help people understand 
every tattoo artist that I know is trying to do the best tattoo they can do on you. Now, it's your fault if you get a crappy tattoo because maybe the artist wasn't good, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Shop around, get in depth. I'm like, get a nose job. You're going to talk to four or five different, you know, surgeons, uh, uh, yeah, doctors, I hope, and see what the best fit is. Don't just walk down the street going, well, it's open. This is where consultations are the best. Well, and I think it's, I think that's a really important topic that you just touched upon. I find myself getting a little frustrated with this, where I'll have somebody come up to my shop and say, hey, you know, I really wanted to get tattooed, um, but my artist is 40 miles away and I don't feel like driving. And I'm like, well, you, you're not willing to drive 40 miles for something that's going to be on your body for the rest of your life, or he's too booked. I don't want to wait. It's like, but you'll spend $600 on concert tickets and drive to Coachella. You know what I mean? For for a one-time experience, but it's like, it's kind of putting your priorities in order when it comes to getting tattooed. You know, it's, it's kind of reminding everybody we're not hairdressers. This isn't super cuts, you know, this is not grow back. Like my mistakes don't grow back. Right. So like, as I tell people, look at this, like surgery, be there forever. And trust me, if you hate this tattoo, now you hate it for a very, very long time. And it costs a lot of money to fix it or get rid of it or both. Yes. yes. But you know, I- I've had so many, like, why'd you get that tattoo? It looks like shit. Yeah. I don't care. Whatever. Uh, whatever. I'll just cover it up. It's like, I don't even know what that attitude is. Like I've told people straight up when they've said that to me, I'm like, if you don't care, why should I? I mean, honestly, like if you don't care, then you're not even going to appreciate the amount of effort that I'm going to put into this piece, which is, so it's kind of derogatory to tell your artist that you don't care. You're kind of putting them down like, oh, I don't care if you suck or I don't care if you're brilliant. You know, it's, they're not going to appreciate the work and it doesn't make me very excited to want to tattoo them. Like what baffles me too, people come in and like, oh, who did that piece? They're like, I don't remember his name. I'm like, so you don't remember the person that you just spent hours with something permanent on you, but you don't know what the name. Hmm. Cause I know the doctor's name that worked on me or anything important in my life. I know their names. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, so like, I, especially when you're spending hours with somebody and the, probably the kind of money that you're spending, um, you would think. So I want to kind of oh lead God. this one into, um, so we talked about consultations. Let's yes. talk about some financial stuff. Let's talk about deposits. Okay. Um, so, you know, typically, so we've got our process going here, right? Where, you know, the person contacts you, you like being contacted on Instagram. Um, yes. So now they've DM'd you, they've sent you some pictures. You guys are setting up a consultation. You do yep. free consultations. I do free consultations. And so now we're at the consultation. We've decided on a piece. Um, first of all, let's talk about it for a second, how you price. Are you a piece price artist? Are you an hourly artist? How do you tend to price yourself? Or do you do both? Uh, I usually I usually price by the hour. For me, it's just I'm old school. Some people doing full days, half days. To me, it's all the same. Um, so I, I take uh, a $300 cash deposit for, you know, and that deposit stays to your last appointment for me personally. If you, if you blow me up, you have 24 hours to 48 hours to contact me. My list is long, so I don't get too fudged up about it. Unless something really bad happened, like a car accident or something like that. Otherwise than that, you know, so you blow me off, 
I've lost money that day. And I'm fine with that. But just realize then, now you're at the back of the list and I'll get to you when I get to you if you try to reschedule. Interesting. So I, like, I think for me, if somebody blows me off and like just doesn't call, doesn't show up for their appointment, not only do I take their deposit, I will never, ever tattoo them again. And I have no problem with that, you know, because... I think it's really it's generous of you. <laughs> it really is a personal thing. I don't think people realize it's kind of personal. Yeah. It's a very personal process. Like um, I've had artists, and I don't know how you feel about this, play the old, well, I don't touch other people's work. Mm. It's like the guy gave you an outline. He moved. He's on the other side of the country. If you want me to finish it, I'll finish it. If you want me to cover it, I'll cover it. I'm like, if I don't know this artist personally, why do I care? It's not my problem. Me personally, I know other people that won't do it and that's fine too. I, I'm very much on a case by case basis with that. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if the, if the, if the person is walking around with a tattoo and I've had a couple clients where the artist no longer tattoos, they're never going to get it finished by that person. I don't feel like I need to make that person walk around for the rest of their life with an incomplete tattoo. If it's something that's in my wheelhouse, um, just because that artist is no. tattooing. Um, if it's somebody who's, because I've had this too, yeah. where somebody's come to me and said, hey, so-and-so is doing my tattoo. They're booked six months out. You're only booked three months out. Will you finish it? Absolutely no. not. I'm not touching that work. No, 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 no. I will only do it on these, these occasions. One, they don't tattoo anymore. They're on the West Coast and they're never going back. You know, maybe mm -hmm. seven hour flight, whatever. Or if the tattoo just sucks. Yes, yeah. I will fix it. I will cover it. I will, if they're unhappy. It's more about, I guess it's more about the intent and the attitude. Mm -hmm. Or I've I had, agree. unfortunately, I've had a lot of women come and say, I don't want to go to that guy anymore. He's creepy. Yes. He hits on me. You know, the, the downside of the business. Yes. Where, you know, these, some of these guys, and I'm going to just say it because I'm a very blunt person, weren't very popular and now they are popular tattooing and they use this power in a very vulnerable situation. And then I want to go back. I'm like, cool. I will totally finish that tattoo because this guy's a fucking scumbag. And that's not what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with that. that I get that. Actually, I, I would say that that's probably 50% of the women that come to me for um, finishing other people's work. That has yes. happened or correcting. Um, yep. I've, I've had some real horror stories with that stuff. And, 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 and I mean, honestly, I've known a couple of guy artists that are like that. Like, it's a thing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say it's all the thing all the time. There's a lot of amazing men in this industry. Um, but yeah, it is. It's a thing, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all just humans, right? So not every human's a good human. So some right. dudes aren't good. And they this may be another, great artists, but they're not good people. It's another cross section of life, whether it be celebrities, football heroes, basketball heroes, you know, whatever sports hero. Or actors and, you know, some people, some people are just scumbags and don't know how to handle shit. Well, and I think that's why, you know, I always talk to my clients about do consultations. Go meet your artist. Go sit with them in person and get a feel for their shop. Get a feel for who they are. Get a feel for if they're picking up what you're putting down idea-wise. If they're going to make you uncomfortable, if they're skeevy. Or if they, you know, don't have good personal hygiene or whatever the situation is. You know what I mean? Like go into the shop, see how you like it um, before you commit to sitting down with this person for hours or days or months or years on end. Well, I used to always tell them too, for a little while. Um, so I would tell women 
if you're getting something in a really sensitive spot, bring a friend. Yeah, yeah. Bring a friend with you. I don't want anything. I don't want someone saying something I did something I didn't do or something they misconstrued. Please bring a friend. Be in the room with me. We're all good. I think, and I would imagine that that was probably a really big thing for you. You know, me being a female artist, um, I never have to worry about that. I bet that that's actually a thing that you have to deal with where, where you really have to probably watch what you say so that it doesn't get misconstrued or taken in a way that could be perceived as um, aggressive or inappropriate. Yes. Cause I know by you, I mean, I'm a very joking person, you know, and tattoo artist bus balls and 90% of the time that the conversation gets sexual. Yes. Always, always. I don't care if it's all guys, all girls. So, you know, you there's always that. That's what she girls. said. So when someone's got their pants down or their shirt off, have someone else in the room. That way it's just no bullshit. And honestly, even if it's fake, you don't need someone leaving your and ruining your career. Just saying something that maybe didn't happen. So you avoid all that. It's just very simple. You know, you're running a business. I think another thing, you know, like you're saying, getting the monetary part, tattoo artists need to realize this is a business. You need to get your head on, go to work every day. This is your baby. You built this career. Do you want to end it over being stupid? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's really a, an important thing. And I think, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, the question, do you want to end it for being stupid? I think it's stupid is as stupid does there. I don't think there's any thought yes. process because you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know, just don't put yourself in bad positions, you know, because um, people can say anything and yeah. some people will, you know, like I had two clients that couldn't get in and they're like, well, I want to bomb your shop or I'm going to, you know, you're racist because I couldn't get in or whatever. Stupid. I'm like, it's just you got to guard yourself also. For sure. Yeah, I've had I've had some interesting comments in similar scenarios to that before. And I'm just like, you know what? Just no, I'm just not even going to entertain you. Like, I just, I no, no, right. I, you know, you know who you are, especially when you do give a shit, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I can tell that you do. I think actually almost all of us do. Most of us give a shit about what we're doing. Everybody I know that I have either friends with or like met you and we, we kind of get along and we bond, you know, it's, it's you, you away from, cause I just don't like them mm -hmm. and I have good reasons. They're just shitty people. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think that, again, talking about the consultations, I think that that's where it's just so important. Go have a conversation with this person before you get tattooed by him, you know? And if you yes. cannot be bothered as a client to take the time to talk to your artist or drive 40 miles or whatever it is, then maybe you shouldn't necessarily even get tattooed. Maybe it's not that important to you, or maybe you're destined to have a bad experience. Maybe you just need to go to someone else that's just going to take your money because that's not what I'm about. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to just going to take your money. And I've told people, like I said, straight up, I go, listen, I can take your money. <laughs> I said, I'm not going to. This is a bad idea. This isn't going to work. Right. So, you know, and fortunately for you and I, our waiting list is long enough that we can turn some stuff away. Yes. But I remember being in a shop. I mean, if they wanted it, you did it back in the day. Yeah. Where and how they wanted it. But luckily it's evolved. And I'm not against anybody making a living. Like, hey, if the client's that dumb, that's up to you whether you want to take their money or not. Right, right. You know, and then and some of us like to sleep a little better. Face. Face. Yeah, well, yeah. Like nine-year-olds who want to tattoo their face. Like, no, I'm not doing. It. Right. Not. Or you know, tattooing pregnant women. That's another one. Like, just no, sorry, no, I'm not risking that. Um, yeah, no. like 18 to 25 year old 
hand, neck, or face tattoos. Um, or if you're not already heavily tattooed, if you are 19 yes. years old and you're double sleeved with your hands done and you want your face tatted, all right, well, yeah. you've already committed. But yes. this 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 generation is like tattoo my face first, yeah, right? <laughs> and I'm like I'm like no, we had to earn that shit, man. <laughs> yeah, like I, I I've been tattooing like 30 years, give or take. I got my hands done like 15 years ago, 10 years ago, because I said, you know what, I'm in. Me too. It's either this, it's either this or greeter at Walmart. Like this is it. Now. <laughs> totally. If this falls through, you're gonna see me. You know, sl- roll back pricing at Walmart. Because now I want to get my Walmart, throat I done. love you. Yeah. Right. Now I want to get my throat done, but I'm 52 and I've been in the business 30 years. Like, and it's accepted. Yes. So yeah, you know, it's definitely a lot easier walking around like that these days. You know, I don't want to date a woman or have her family just like me because of the way I look. You know, you and I went up through this where I had two tattoos and people would cross the street away from me. <laughs> right. So, you know, I had respect. They're like, weren't you? Well, you got to understand where it came from. For sure. You know, you got to understand where people are coming from. Back then, this shit wasn't cool. Now we're like little rock stars. Well, now we just, now it's just blend in. At least where I am. You know what I mean? Being heavily tattooed. I mean, yeah, my neck and face and hands make it a little different, but, but so many people look like I do now. And when that more. I was like, yes. And now I'm just like, oh my God, I don't even feel very heavily tattooed anymore. It's so no. interesting. I'm almost embarrassed that I've been in the business 30 years. I go to the beach and every girl's tattooed more than me. I'm like, Wait <laughs> me too. what is going on? I literally was like, again, because I'm like way behind. Yes. I actually, I literally, you know, well, you can see, I think when you become a tattooer, you often don't make time to get tattooed, right? Um, no. I, I got way more tattoos before I was tattooing than I did since I've been a tattoo artist. Yeah. Well, none um, of your friends want to stay late and tattoo you. <laughs> yeah. And, and you don't want to either. You know what I mean? No. Like, and you get it. You don't want to ask them to either. And, I tell everybody, you know, how you don't get tattooed. Like, why well, go work at a tattoo shop? Yes. You will mm-hmm. not get tattooed. Somehow they managed it. Well, because that's when I got all my tattoos. I got a lot of my tattoos when I was apprenticing. So it's like, because right. I was available during the day and I wasn't working as much as they right. were. And if they had a dead day, you know, then that's when I got a lot of my tattoos or I got them as birthday presents or right. Christmas presents or that kind of thing. But it's like- But now I tell people, I'd rather buy you something than tattoo you because it's my day off. <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> You know what? Totally. I'll give you gift. I'll give you a gift certificate to my boy. He'll tattoo. <laughs> let me let me buy you a tattoo with somebody else. Totally. So okay, let's get back onto uh, consultations. You were talking about uh, your fee. So you charge just a three hundred dollar flat fee for a deposit. Um, yes. So does that that must imply then that you have a minimum either time frame or minimum size requirement for yes, the tattoo? I usually I use a minimum of two hours. Okay. Because I can, because the work I do is very fast. You know, it's not a lot of outlining. It's a lot of black, a lot of shading, freehand, skulls, demons, devils, whatever. So you can still get a really good tattoo with two hours. So you can actually accomplish quite it. So that's something I talk to my clients about a lot. When the, somebody will ask me, oh, how much do you charge per hour? And you give them the price, they go, oh my God. And you go, but that doesn't tell you what I can do in an hour. Yeah. It's kind of like I work fast. I mean, the one thing that helped me on the show is I, I can produce things very fast because I don't have to color saturate. I, you know, the, you know, the process of color, it slows you down. You know, I'm doing stuff I've drawn for 30 years. I can whip this stuff out of my head, 
like you could do a flower and a hummingbird faster than probably most people because I already know what it looks. I know what it's going to look like. I know the shortcuts. I know what I can get away with. So, you know, I tell people what I can get done in four hours is amazing because of the style I do. Right. Well, you I think know, you do a full really... color realism, you ain't getting shit in four hours. <laughs> <laughs> four hours, you got an outline and maybe a flower. <laughs> um, yes, maybe one flower. Yes, yeah. Um, and that's, and that's, I think a really important thing that to touch upon, you know, black and gray versus color is a big difference. And I think a lot of people ask that question, right? Where, why is, I've had people ask me, why is color more expensive? Is the ink more expensive? And I'm like, no, it's just how much skin you're saturating. Like the ink is the same price as my black ink, whether it's I'm fine. coloring it in red or I'm coloring it in black doesn't make it more expensive. It's whether or not I'm actually having to saturate and then blend in color tones on every inch of your skin versus black and gray, where as you're going from black into your gray washes or your yes. gray tones, um, you're, the skin is showing through more and more and there's less saturation going on. Saturation is time. Color has to be saturated. I tell people it's like this. And then with like, you must get this with the size of the tattoo, but it's a small tattoo. Why does it cost so much? I'm like, well, you ever paint a wall with a roller or you got to cut around windows when you're painting? The windows are smaller. It takes a lot longer. So there's so many variables. That's why the consultation is everything. Yes. Everything. And so that leads us into talking about what do you charge per hour? If you're doing a $300 consult or a $300 deposit, um, I, I would imagine then that $300 is not the sum of the total of your two hour process. So what do you charge per hour? I, I'm around 300 an hour cash. I try you, to keep it very, I keep it reasonable. I'm not trying to be the Ferrari dealership in a small town. Um, that's expensive. You mm -hmm. know, I try to tell my, the guys that work for me and I go, if the average person brings home 500 to $700 cash a week, that's what the average person brings home. You're charging almost that per hour. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't, I tell people charge whatever you, I was brought up a little old school, you know? I mean, if I travel, I charge more, mm -hmm. but I mean, I'm having fun. 90% of the time I'm having a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I know guys that charge four grand a day. Cool. Yeah. I got no problem with that. You know, I literally don't have a problem with that. You know, well, you, Art is what people will pay for. It goes for antiques. It goes for paintings. It goes for everything. If you find the value in it, that's what it's worth to you. And all it is is an agreement, right, between you and your client. You say, hey, I've put X amount of time into my career, into learning, into growing, into being an epic artist, and to giving you high-quality work. I'm asking that you honor the time and energy that I've put in to get this good by honoring my value. And at that point, it's just an agreement. Right. Either they agree and they pay your fee and get tattooed or they don't and they fuck off, you know? And I tell people like, and you probably get this at shows too. Like, well, I want you to tattoo me. Well, I want a name. I'm like, why would you pay me? Mm -hmm. Literally when that guy right there, well, maybe you don't know him. It's going to come out just as good. And he's going to charge you a hundred bucks. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we'll just take a picture together and you can yes. tell everybody you met me. Like, let's just be we've done with that. Like, I get it. But it's like, you know, I'm like, I'll bring up the doctor thing. Why is the doctor charged so much? Well, he spent half a million dollars in schooling. Yes. So, you know, everything price incurs, you know, we don't have retirement. We do not have health care. Right. We have what we earn and how we earn it. 
and for I think most of us, it I think most people, I mean, you've got your savants and your people who were lucky enough to come up in this industry under some amazing artists. I actually was pretty lucky to be around some pretty amazing artists, but not everybody's that way. And so for some of us, it took a fucking decade to even get good. Oh, to get really consistent. We didn't even know, like, yes. We didn't even know what art was tattooing back then. It was outline. I remember leaving highlights. They're like, you missed a spot. Remember them? <laughs> There's a spot in my tattoo. No, that's a highlight. No, color that in. I don't like that. <laughs> and you talk totally. to these kids, they don't even know what that is. Right. I used to get yelled at. I left. You, le you missed a spot. I'm like, no, that's where the shine. It's no, where it no, rounds. No, 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 you missed a spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah no so um so deposits we've got that covered so three hundred dollar deposits three hundred dollars an hour so basically you're like look you're paying up front for your first hour is how you look at it pretty much and i have a two-hour minimum so it's like you're gonna book would be at least two to three hours right because what do i want to do in an hour right Seriously. like no, I, I I, i'm the same way i could do yeah i could produce a little you know i could do a little banger mm -hmm. you know that's fine but i well, mean and, that's and not like what i book my day with but like your point before, you know, is why are you going to, I tell people all the time, they'll email me for something I don't do or something that really, you know, they're going to way overpay my rate, you know? And I'm just like, why, why would you overpay yeah. me to do this tattoo when you could come to me for what I specialize in? Don't come to me for, for simple shit that I don't do anymore. And that to me is for two reasons. One, I think it's really important that uh, people allow artists in their two to five year range who are hungry for this money and need the lettering and they need the practice and they're going to be stoked and they're going to charge you a hundred, $150 an hour to do a piece. And it's going to come out. It's going to come out good. They're qualified artists. They're going to yes. put a great name on your wrist, your kid's name, whatever. They're going to put that great thing on you and it, it will look good. Or it's you're going to come to me. But if I did it, Yes. Oh, you're going to come right. to me and pay two fifty an hour? Yeah. I know, right? Like, for something look just as good. You can't tell if I did it or anybody did it. Well, and quite frankly, that five-year artist You don't go to a work. sushi chef and ask him to cook you a cheeseburger. Right. <laughs> right. 100%. That's how we all cut our teeth. That's what we all did. The only thing I don't like now, and, I, and I'm very vocal about it, is these kids coming up one, two years in a business. This is all I do. Mm. I'm like, really? This is all you do? That's it. Why would you close off 90% of your clientele? Because now you're into just that dotted shit or all I do is this and all I do is that. It's like, you need to do everything. Book yourself out and then stop picking and choosing, in my opinion. This is where I, it's lost, I believe. I would say if, you're, if you are advantaged or lucky enough or whatever enough to come up in this industry because i mean it's changing so much from when we came in um if you're lucky enough to oh come up in this industry and you get into something and you're really flipping good at it and you are just like look i crushed this and from the gate you can book yourself up with nothing but what you want to do fucking more power to you but i don't think that that's if, if that's what you can do but if you're not booked up and you're starving because you are afraid to get out of your own wheelhouse as an artist then that's probably detrimental to yourself and quite frankly, probably the industry. Well, to me, that's why I wouldn't call you a tattoo artist. And that's just me. That's my opinion. And that's what I liked. The really thing I liked about Ink Master was it shows that 
wow, everybody thinks you're a great artist, but look at all the shit you can't do. Right. And look all well-rounded. These other people are like, wow, this dude, yeah, he crushed that black rib. Man, that, that flower he did is incredible. And, you know, to me, a tattoo artist is, yes, I can do 99% of everything. This is what I prefer to do. Sure. And honestly, why would you want to do the same shit every day, all day? I'm with you on wow. that. I would get bored out of my mind. Um, that's why, like, when I first started, everybody gave me shit because I wouldn't <clears throat> choose black and gray or color. Pick one and get good at it. That's what everybody told me. Pick one and get good at it. Right. And I was like, but I don't want to. That's fucking boring. I'd rather take longer and get good at both. So rather than get yeah. good, good at black and gray in five years, it took me 10 years to get good at both. And I'm glad I did it that way because it's what keeps me, it's, it's actually what keeps my integrity level really high in what I do. It's because I enjoy it every day because I don't get bored and I don't get burned out because I, I continue to do shit I really enjoy doing. And that for me requires diversity within my work. It requires that things aren't the same every day. Well, plus two, I try to tell people like you can stick to your, to your subject matter. Like I do skulls, demons, devils, dead shit. But I can do it in neo-traditional. I can do it in different styles. I'm like, that is so cool. I want to try that. Or trash poker. Or, you know, like you can do your hummingbird and flowers, but more in in painter style. Or more in neo. It's like, I'm doing the same subject, but my it's challenging my art. Same thing, but different. It's like when you just do pointillism shit, that's what you're doing. And that's cool. That's what you want to do. But to me... If someone goes up to me, hey, I want to do this skull, but I want to do it this way. I want to challenge myself. Like, that is so dope. I want to do it. Why would I say, nah, you're going to get my shit? It's like, no, let's do it. Watercolor. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, after, so we've got their uh, deposits in and, you know, you got your t- minimum time frame. Um, which is a two hour minimum for you. Let's talk about maximum time frames for you. Um, what is the most time you will tattoo one person in one sitting? Okay, normally four to six hours. That's that's my mental wall, unless I'm really feeling it. Um, one guy I tattooed for nine and a half hours straight. I mean, we took two little breaks. Very rare. Um, that just mentally wears me down. And I, I don't know too many people want to sit more than that. It's just a lot. It's taxing on everybody. And I feel a lot of the healing's rougher when I tattoo longer. Mm-hmm. I agree. I find the healing times are longer. I don't get the same results. Um, so I try to say, you're going to get a big piece anyway from my style. And that's just mentally, that's just my limit. And... Um- you know, speaking of like just healing better and stuff like that, I notice the same thing. Um, if I have somebody who's traveling from out of town, I will I will sit a little longer with them. Yeah. But I also, but I notice that like, if if you're going to be doing an, a piece that's 10 hours, why would I try to fit it in one day when we can just break it up into two and you get it five hours, five hours, I'm fresh the next time you see me, that kind of thing, right? Right. Where you, your work is going to decline the longer you tattoo. I try to tell people, I don't care if you're, if you're not telling the truth, I am, you will start to rush. And you have to stop yourself. Let's face it. You're like, man, I got an hour more to go. I already know. I already know my limits. If I'm into it and I'm really feeling it that day, I'm like, I'm energized. Like, man, my head is just in this piece. It will stay longer. But, you know, I know around hour four, I'm like, okay, I can feel. I'll take a break. I'll get up, give them like 10 minutes. Then I'm like, okay, I'm mentally 
done. I'm not going to produce tens. I'm going to produce seven and I'm not going to do that to you. And I think it's really important for each artist to really kind of identify for themselves, right? Like I know some artists that tattoo 10, 12 hours and it doesn't bother them. They're still on their fucking game. Now they tattoo less days a week where they'll only tattoo two or three days a week. Yes, that is when they do, they tattoo for 12 hours and they're in it to win it. That's their wall. That's their their preference, right? Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of in a similar boat to you. I'll go four, I'll go six, I might go eight. Um, but after eight, like I just noticed, you know, I'm starting to pay more attention to my back than I am like the pain I'm in from sitting there that long. I'm starting to pay more attention to that than I am my client. My client's starting to go into shock, you know what I mean? Um, especially if you're doing lots of color. Um, the skin's just pissed and not irritated. And not for nothing, you know, you might've had a bad day before you got there. There might be something very personal going on in your life going, man, my focus is just about four hours today. I got a lot of shit going on that I need to take care of my personal life. So if I can't give my client at least 90% and we're going to make it a great tattoo, you know, once again, this is our work on you. Please understand. I'm trying to give you the best. And you so know, let's talk about we are let's, human. Let's talk about breaks too. So like I've had yeah. a lot of clients <laughs> complain about the breaks that I take. Not a lot, but I'm sure I'm sure they think it. I can feel it. I take a break every hour I get up and stretch. Um what, what are, are you just like a hey, let's power through this uh, as little breaks as possible? How do you feel about breaks? Normally I, I love breaks. So normally what happens to me is because a lot of my shit's freehand and I'm creating in my mind. Well, I'll start drawing a blank. Like, I know what I want to do with that spot. So I, I just, I go, you know what? I got some numbing stuff. I spray them down, wrap them up. I said, stretch, give me 10, 15. I'm going to stretch, which, you know, I'm older. I'm 52 now. I got to stretch my back with sitting there, you know? So I try to sell them. Like, listen, to be honest with you, this is starting to hurt. I know it is because every time I go to touch you, you're flinching. Let me spray some numbing shit down, um, wrap them up, say stretch, walk around, get some water. We'll be back in 15 minutes. And I find then I got that renewed energy in mind again going, okay, ready to rock. To me, I cannot understand how someone can sit there for 10 hours, just rip at it. I don't know how they do it. You know, I bow to greatness. I don't know how to do it. But I think breaks are necessary for just mental breaks, physical breaks. Um, It's like reading a book. I can't read a book for four hours in a row. (laughs) I mean, it's just too much. You know, it's just too much. Well, and I think that that's, I think the really most important thing is, you know, again, going kind of back to what we were talking about earlier, where we are production artists, but we don't have takes these backseats. We don't have the ability to erase anything. So if we get to a point and, and nobody's right or wrong, if, if powering through 12 hours is what you do, fucking do it, own it. Right. If, if four hours or and a break every hour is what you need to do to make sure that you are doing your best work and your integrity level staying high for your client and for yourself. Um, I think that that's, it's just really important for people to understand why we do what we do and why each individual artist has their own process. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I get up every hour. I get off my butt. My client's butts are numb. My low back is starting to ache. Yes. Like, let's get up, stretch it out, get some blood flow, you know, maybe grab a bite to eat a snack or something like that. If your blood sugar is getting low. Um, well, let's be honest know. too. People don't realize getting tattooed is extremely boring. <laughs> they bring their friends, like if they all get excited next, you know, the friend within 50 minutes on their phone, ignoring everybody. Yeah. You sit there quietly. <laughs> Most of the time we talk, but you're sitting there and you can't move. So after an hour or two, you want to get up and move around. I know yeah. I do. 
Yeah. So, you know, and I sell the numbing is like, yo, just let me spray this on you. You know, at least the wiping won't hurt so much. Right. Right. <laughs> Numbing, th- numbing is actually something I, I'm, I'm about to get into. So uh, I don't know if you know this. I did permanent makeup for many years before I got into regular imagery tattooing. Um, and so I worked with a lot of numbing cream back then. Um, but I, I used prescription grade numbing cream that I got from a doctor specifically for what I was doing. It's a very right. small area. Um, and it's uh, it's something that, you know, it does for I found that it does or at least what I was using did change the texture of the skin a little bit, but it didn't matter too much because, you know, I'm talking eyeliner and eyebrows and lips. It doesn't really matter too much. Um, I've now, you know, and I know that the numbing cream industry has come a long way. Now I come from this old school mentality. I don't know about you, but that tattoos are something you earn. Right. So yeah, it's going to fucking hurt. (laughs) Your first couple. Yeah. I won't let people use it. I'm a dick like that. I'm like, you know, I'm not giving you numbing cream for your first one. But there's some artists I know that the way that they tattoo. I personally it, used it. Go ahead. Yeah, I personally used it recently in the last few months. It's a life. It's a game changer. Okay. It is a game changer, especially where, especially like someone like you, you're like you're doing this very heavily colored, detailed work. And you say you got an hour or two left, and they just can't hang. You can get them through it. This stuff will get you through it. Okay. That's you, I think it's best. Did you find that it changed the texture of the skin in, in a negative way nope. or that it didn't accept ink as well? The early stuff did the healing. Now, nothing. It's just a godsend. Okay. I'm, God I'm glad to hear that because I've been really on the fence about it, to be honest with you. And I actually just had a company um, who knows I'm really on the fence about it. Uh, they just sent me a bunch of product. And so I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot. I actually have a perfect clientele to do it on uh, tattoo that was running somebody really painful. Anyway, it's a whole other subject, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm glad to hear that it's something that like, cause I mean, back in the day, they were kind of garbage. They you were garbage. I mean? They changed the skin. They fucked with the healing. It was bad. Yeah. Now, you know, like say, uh, um, I get some stuff from Australia and, uh, the girls at my shop used it for over a year. Mm-hmm. They swore by it. I said, you know what? I used it myself to be tattooed. I, it's a godsend. I'm telling you right now, it's, it's a game changer. Cause I'm old now and this shit hurts. <laughs> well, and I'll, I'll tell you for me, it, it's the difference of sometimes being able to finish up a tattoo where I only have an hour left and my client is just fucking miserable. Shaking it. Yes. Versus yes. being able to say, Hey, you know what? Let's throw some cream on there. We'll give it 15 minutes and we'll come back and we can get through this thing without you having a panic attack. <laughs> and I don't know any artist that does shaking and they're being in pain. It changes how you tattoo. Yes. Because you're trying to be easy, but like, you know, say it's on the back of the arm, that skin is thick and you really oh. got to bury it. And it's bouncy. Yeah. Oh, that thick skin. And it's, it's hide at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, man, you got an hour. And then when the white comes, you know, that old joke, <laughs> if they die, they die, you know, with the white, <laughs> you know? So I'm like this stuff, I, I swear it changes the game. I use it. I sell it. I recommend it now. Okay. Awesome. Not for your first couple. No, you got to earn that shit. Right. Although, you know, nowadays I'm having some pretty cool stuff happen where my, some of my clients, their first tattoos are really elaborate half sleeves and really like big shit. You know what I mean? And so it's like, and I'm I'm so, uh, my client last week, her first tattoo was an animal portrait with floral, her whole floral. Okay. So that's a little different. I'm talking about the little two hour bangers, you know, the three hour. Oh yeah. yeah. I, and I agree with you. You should know what it feels like. Like, no, no. I said, you can have it next time. <laughs> totally. So, um, okay. So 
let's talk a little bit too about, so we've got our deposit in, you're getting ready to do the tattoo. How do you feel? Well, okay. I was obviously going to answer my question a little bit. The fact that you freehand, what about the person who asks, can you draw something for me and email it to me or text it to me before my appointment that day? Never, never. Even when you used to do stencils, would you back before you did all the Lost a client over that. Talk I said, no. That. I said, you're coming to me because you trust me. You come to me for what I do. Now you're saying you want to see the design way ahead of time? No. That's why we had the consultation. You don't need to. And any last minute changes, you know, thank God for iPads that we can literally in 20, 30 minutes. Right. This isn't back in the day where it took weeks to, you know, fucking tracing paper and move shit around like. I can, you know, I could take the Eiffel Tower and put it on a, a, a cat and read all with a, with a, with a sunrise in the background. I can show you, I don't need to draw it. Cause they would do that all the time. Could you draw it first? No, no, you already know my work. That's why you hit me up and I'm not going to give you something to go, Oh, I don't like it. And then send it to somebody else. I've already been through that back in the day too many times. If you don't trust me, I'm not the guy. Well, and I would say too, like, you know, a lot of times when we're drawing, if we are making a stencil, we're typically not coloring the whole thing in necessarily. We're sometimes just producing a line drawing. If I send you a line drawing, you may not have any understanding of what, what reference or what I'm going to put in those lines. You know, so I send you this line drawing and you're going to pick it apart, not even knowing what it's actually going to look like. So um, that's been a big point of contention in a lot of the artists that I've talked to lately is having people ask, Hey, can you draw it up, send it to me? Um, And what I noticed most artists, really complain about is how badly somebody will nitpick something when they have the time versus when they're in person and you can actually explain what you're going to do. They go, Oh, and they don't feel the need to nitpick it. Well, I had this one kid. Uh, it was an American traditional type of thing. I'm like, yeah, man, I threw it together real quick. He liked it. Well, I got to show it to my family. Then it turned into this whole thing. Well, they don't like this. It was his first time to go, you know what, bro? Be totally honest with you, man. I go, I'm not the guy for this. Um, I was honored to do your first tattoo, but obviously it's not going to work out. I said, uh, you know, wish you the best. Like, I'm not going to fucking deal with this. Your girlfriend has to stare at it. Your mom has to stare at it. And then this, I'm not tattooing five different people. You know, I did something I normally never do. I did it and it backfired. So it's like, no, (laughs) you're coming to me for me. That's it. You see my work, you see my style. That's why you contacted me. Now, if you're just getting tattooed me because I was on a TV show, that's fine too. Then you're still going to get the shit I do. That's it. Either trust me or don't. Yeah, and I think that that's a a super important thing too. And and kind of this, um, what you just mentioned, uh, I noticed the clients that ask for the most exceptions Oh, will you make an exception here? Will you make an exception there? Will you come in an hour earlier? Will you um, you know, do, do something outside of how your process works? I noticed the majority yes. of those clients end up being my biggest nightmares. They're always the ones who ask you to make exceptions for them are the ones that never honor your process. Oh, and by the way, never tip you. Ever, <laughs> ever, right? Um, that's actually that's another where... thing we should really talk about because that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that's, let's go there. Let's go back to let's go there. 
you know, so I, I have an interesting little tidbit for you on this one real quick. I actually just did an article or just did yes. an interview from a, with a woman from nerd wallet about this. And she told me that this particular subject is searched. I think she said it was like 10 million times a month. Wow. How much, like she said, it's one of the biggest search things that people ask is how to tip a tattoo artist. How much should I this and that? So let's talk about how you feel about tipping. Cause I think everybody's got their own opinion, right? Number one is this. If you don't tip me, I'm okay with it. Let me make more than you. I know this. I'm cool with it. And I'm the owner of the shop. So tipping makes us feel better. We feel very appreciated. And I, I think it's great. And usually if someone tips me like 100 bucks or something more, I'll throw them a free T-shirt. Like, I want to give you something back. I appreciate it. Mm. Now, also realize what a pain in the ass you've been. Or how difficult you've been. And maybe you want to up your tip if you've been just a jackass. <laughs> like, let's not be ignorant to what you've been to me. You know? Totally. Um, backed it. But it just seems like the people you bend over for, like, yo, I'll come in a little early. Or, you know, I'll come in late. I'll change my schedule. Those are the people that don't appreciate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know how you feel. I mean, I had a, a girl... Uh, I was actually in um, Buenos Aires and she was a big fan and she sent me this big elaborate piece. I mean, this thing was this big of a tiger and a blah, blah, blah. And she, I said, yes, I'll do that for you. She comes up to me. She goes, I saved of 96 US dollars. I said, I can't do that on you because that's like six hours. But I did a nice two hour killer piece on her for that 96 bucks meant more to me than any amount of money everybody's ever paid me because I knew what it meant to her. Right. And she mustered up $3 to tip me. And once again, I was like grateful. Right. And to me, I don't expect that we make really good money with the rule of thumb. If the owner of the shop is not supposed to get tipped, that's the, uh, you know, the moray of it with hairdressers and everything. I love tips. Obviously it just makes me feel appreciated. Mm -hmm. But I think the amount of tip means to be how, how difficult you were. How difficult did you make this process? Realize right. what a dick you were and tip accordingly. Right. I, it, like for me, you know, most I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Most of my clients are pretty fucking awesome, honestly, at the end of the day. Um, and I do get a lot of clients who are nervous about how much to tip me. Um, if I'm charging, you know, my thing is I'm charging you $1,500 for the day to sit in my chair. I know that that's a big chunk of money. If you can afford to tip me five bucks or you can afford to tip me 500 bucks, I am stoked. Because one thing I explained to them is I'm not, I'm not a server. I don't work for servers wages. I'm not getting minimum wage right. and relying on your tips to survive. The tip in our industry, I believe is truly gratuity and, and shows us and shows us, hey, how much, you know, like, and I, and for me, and I cannot speak this for a lot of other people, I actually did not talk about this in this article, but for me, I love when my clients bring me handmade gifts, because some of my clients are artists, so I love when my clients bring me really cool shit, like, hey, I couldn't afford to tip you, I baked you fucking cookies, to me, that is actually bigger than any monetary tip that they can give me, because they fucking thought about me. Yes. Outside, like that shows genuine. Bring me a card. You know what Coffee. I mean? 
Yes. I have a lot of them call ahead like, I'm on my way. Does Steve want a coffee? I'm like, fuck yeah, that means everything to me. $3. Yes. Give yes. me a coffee. About whatever you want to tell me. It's fantastic. I need that coffee. <laughs> well, and I think it's also, you know, like you, you and I, you and I are, are shop owners, right? Um, and we make our money a little differently than the people who work for us, or at least yes. you know, for you currently. I don't have anybody anymore. But um, but I think it's also really important to talk about the ones who are charging $100 an hour, the ones who are charging, you know, $50 an hour or, well, I don't know anybody charging 50, but $150 an hour. And they're paying the shop a percentage or a yes. booth rental fee. So they're not making all that money. I think when you're talking about, so I think it's really the difference. I think it's really the difference in having people understand who you're getting tattooed by. Are you getting tattooed by an ink master who is booked months in advance and who picks and chooses and charges 300 an hour? Or are you getting tattooed by the five-year artist who's got no notoriety, is working his ass off every single day, making 50%, maybe 70% of his income, or is paying a high booth rental to be there? And how much is that person actually yes. making? So I how guess does my rule in your shop feel about that? I guess my rule of thumb is this. If you had a good experience tip, if you had a great experience tip, at the end of the day, they're there to do a job and they gave you a tattoo. But if they made that experience or you're like, wow, I can't wait to come back, then I would say definitely tip. Five bucks, 10 bucks, whatever you got, no one cares. But if you had a good time, show your appreciation because that's what it's all about. Well, and I think you it's know, okay to ask. I think, you know, I don't know how your artist feels, but I mean, don't you think most of your artists would, if the, if the client's like, hey, how much are you actually making off of this? I think most I, artists will tell you. And then you can, yeah. you can go, oh shit, you're only making blah, blah, blah out of this much. Well, shit, let me throw you an extra 20 or 50 or whatever it is. Um, but I wouldn't even ask that because some people are uncomfortable with that. I would just be like, you know what? I had a great time. You made this experience awesome. Here's 20 bucks. Here's five bucks. Here's, you know, whatever. You or if know, you can't afford me. to tip a lot, maybe just say that. Like, hey, dude, like, I really appreciate you, but all I got is an extra 10. And everybody's grateful. I've never met one person not grateful to get, like I said, I got three bucks and it yeah. meant so much. You know, yeah. um, it's the intent. It made me, if I make you feel special. Yeah, absolutely. They yeah, don't think... need it either, but it's just so nice. You know, who doesn't? Well, I think it does it's show that like, kind of appreciation. It's kind of like when you go to a restaurant, you know you're leaving 20%. I just leave it easy because it's the easiest match. 18, fuck it. 20%. But if the waitress was dope and she made my experience awesome and, you know, and went over above God, I'm going to really tip and make her feel special. So I guess my rule of thumb is don't go into it with an idea of tipping. But, man, if they really just made your day great and you love the experience, show some appreciation. Yeah, I agree. I agree hundred um, percent. So let's talk a little bit about just, just a, a quickie on this, just some aftercare. Uh, okay. Because I think that that's, you know, everybody's got their own opinion and I, I, I don't, yep. I don't think everybody's right or everybody's wrong. I think there's more than one way to skin a cat or heal a tattoo. Yes. Um, so talk, to, just talk a little bit about what you recommend or do you use like Sanoderm or what products do you recommend? How do you wrap? That um, kind of stuff? I, I, I only use Sanoderm spots um, or if I do full color, like a lot of full color, you know, um, most of the time I just, you know, tell them wash the cold water and soap, you know, don't go crazy. Any heavy perfume soaps, but soap is soap. It's all antibacterial. You know, come on. We've been tattooing for 30 years. Use a dry heel shit. You know what I mean? Now it's like, 
I say put on some ointment, you know, either an aquaphor or I use H2 Ocean. I like it. Everybody has their own, whether it's Bag Bomb or, you know, all these other, there's a million of them out there. Mm -hmm. There's no right or wrong. And I say, make it shiny. Don't glob it on. Let the skin breathe. I do recommend, uh, I use cheap saran wrap three nights. Mm, interesting. Put it on very thin. You know. Go to bed. With saran wrap on, you're going to wake up. It's going to be gooey and ooey and shitty. Wash it off. Let it breathe. Shiny. Three, four times a day. After about three, four days, let it ride. You know, stay out of the sun. Don't go swimming. But, I mean, Sanoderma-like. But the problem is if it, if it really pulls up the first couple of days or Tegaderm, whatever, you know, then they got to peel it off and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're in the tattoo industry. If it... Starts a peel, we rip it off, put a new piece on. You know what I mean? Right. But to me, it's a cut. It's a big scrape. Just take care of it. Don't let it dry out. That's all I tell them. Do not let it dry out. The rest is easy. And I think I think that that's I, I love hearing this from you because I I actually recommend almost the exact opposite, which I find is really interesting. And you seem to have marvelous results with what you are. You wouldn't be recommending it if it didn't work, right? I recommend right. more more of a dry heel where I'm like, look, don't put too much shit on your tattoo. It's better off being dry than it is being wet. So, and they both work. I yes, think, they do. <laughs> like, and so what I think is really important though is I think your process probably works the best for your style of tattooing. So when yes. people get tattooed by you, they should listen to you on how to take care of your work. Well, because I know what I do personally. I dry right. healed. And I, well, the dry heel, that's it, you know, but I had a lot of people back in the day, pick scabs, you know, and it's like, just ruin the tattoo. So I'm like, try to just stay away from scabbing. That's right. literally it. Right. And I had one girl break out in a rash because she over it. I'm like, right. less is more shiny. That's it. If it's shiny, you're gold. Keep the skin <laughs> moist. Don't glob it. Don't mess with it. Don't fuck with it. Like, just leave it alone. Just. <laughs> well, I think know? that's the hardest thing, right? Because I think people, it's like, it's like people who love their plants too much. I don't know if you know people like that. Like, I, I have a lot of plants in my shop, so I talk about plants a lot. But people will go, I can't keep a plant alive. And I'm like, yeah, it's because you overwater it. People tend to overlove something, right? Um, yeah. And it's the same with the tattoo. People tend to just glob this shit on. And it's like, no, man, you're not trying to like bury it in ointment and put too much love on the situation. <laughs> you know, you really just want yes. to keep it from acting weird. So keep it like normal skin. And then yes. because my clients tend to want to overlove it, yeah, I go. You moisturize, you'll be yeah. fine. Okay. So it's funny. This brings up a thing. This girl played a joke on her boyfriend. She says, I'm going to see how many times I can kiss him in a row. So it's like this. To be kissed is amazing. But she kissed him for like five minutes and said, yo, like, get the fuck off me now. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? So that's just relatable to it's like, hey, a kiss is cute, but kissing me every three seconds, like, yo, like, not even yeah. annoying. It's too much. It's too yeah. much. Stop it. Right. Um, yeah, I think I think it's one of those things too. I think I, I think really just think kind of like understanding people's or artists' personal process and respecting that. I really think you should honor and respect the artists telling you what aftercare is. Or if you're heavily tattooed enough and you know your own body, then you can take care of it how you know your well, body does well with it. Well, I tell them too. I said, your tattoos look great. So whatever you've been doing, yes. just do that. Just do whatever you, know, you did. Like, yes. How do you heal? I'm like, well, yours look good. They're all nice. 
So whatever you've been doing, just do that. Because I don't know if you're allergic to, I remember back in a while, Tattoo mm-hmm. Who was out. And then people became right. allergic, allergic to a bunch of products. So I'm like, listen, it's different for everybody. You know your skin. These are my recommendations. And if you start to have a problem, let me know. Call me or send me a picture. Right. And I'll either tell you nine times out of ten, you overdid it. You're killing it. Wipe it off. Dry heal it from here. Yes. <laughs> And I think that's the most common thing I get when somebody sends me an image and they're concerned about their tattoo, 90% of the time they're overloving it. Ointment rash. You yeah. got a nasty ointment rash. Yeah. Oh my God, my tattoos have killed it. So now we're going to unkill it. Yeah, totally. So uh, I want to ask you, I think, I think one of the most kind of the end ending question here is yeah. if there is, if there's one thing that you that every single person you've ever dealt with that you wish they had known before. If, if there's something that always kind of comes up where you, I wish my fucking clients knew this before they contacted me okay, or something that, that you think is really important for clients to know before contacting you or any artist. Um, it's going to sound a little cheesy and you will relate to this. I think more than people knew in the game. You really don't know how much, that you trusting me with your skin for the rest of your life means to me. Like, I know we don't show it all the time. We get busy. And sometimes maybe we're acting like we blow you off or we don't get back to you as much as we should because we're busy. But please understand from the bottom of my heart, and I know the appreciation and the trust you have in us to let us do what we do is fucking amazing. We truly lived blessed lives don't get it twisted. I mean, sometimes we're a little irritable and, you know, and maybe we don't want to get back to you as much because my girlfriend's being an ass or whatever. Maybe you know, I'm in a fight with somebody, but I just want them all to know whether it was the name I was learning on or that little Tasmanian devil I did for the 50th time back in the day all meant something that got me to where I am now. I'm still very appreciative. Like, it's not just a job. Even though it comes off sometimes that way, it really isn't just the job. And not to sound cheesy and, you know, but like it's that. it's true. I mean, I find it, I find myself feeling cheesy too when I post on Instagram and like, I thank my client for their trust. And I, I still, I sometimes, I, and I'm sure you experience this too, where you pull away from your art piece and you go, fuck, did I really just do that? Did I make that? Not to be egotistical, but like, because I don't have a huge self-worth <laughs> and I'm like, I didn't believe I could get to the caliber of artist that I am today. And that people, if it weren't for the trust that they had in me from the beginning to be able to get as good as I am today, um, I, I wouldn't be here. If it weren't for my clients paying my bills, I wouldn't be here. Um, and so when we say, you know, thank you for all your yes. trust. It's not just a saying. I think that's a really great, great point to, to talk about. Like nothing is more proud of when you see a tattoo you've done 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Then we'll go, I still love this piece, man. I think <laughs> about it all the time. You're like, wow. Cause you know, we, people don't really realize maybe like a doctor, I keep bringing it up. We have similar, they trust you for the rest of their lives. They're trusting you. So, you know, it means a lot. And for them, the amount of money we charge. Right. That they're like, and I'm like, I still sit back and sometimes like, is this shit for real? Like this dude saved up six months to fly to me. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It, it, it is. It baffles me all the time. 
it, it's really one of those things. And, and I'm really glad you brought that up. It's such a, a true, you know, whether it, I don't, I don't really even, I feel cheesy when I say it. So I know what you mean, but, but when I hear you say it, it's, it's so close to home. It really is an important thing that people do understand that the vast majority of us as artists are fucking tickled pink that people trust us to modify their bodies for the rest of their lives. I mean, I try to tell people like, well, you bother my massive thing. We come up and say hi. I'm like, I am honored. We were scumbags 30 years ago. Right. Nobody wanted to talk to us. We were shunned. I mean, whatever way you want to call it. Yeah. And to now mothers bring their daughters. They trust their children. I mean, we don't express it enough because you see these dumbass award shows like I like to thank my fans. No, <laughs> you don't meet your fans. Right. Watch you on TV. We meet our fans every fucking day and we share intimate details. Yes. I talk to people about my life. They talk to me and they're sharing their body with me mm -hmm. and my art. I mean, we're, 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 we're not rock stars. We're better than that. And I'm going to say it. We, we interact with our fans every day on a daily basis. It's too bad doctors and people like that weren't thought of as highly as we are. You know, Agreed. and well, they don't go and party with them like we do. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I truly like these. These are the people that like look up to me for whatever weird reason. Right. And you also, they're honored. They brag about you. Yeah. And it's strange to me. It's still strange. Me too. And to appreciate it, you know, like I said, I want to come off like an award show, like the typical reading off a sheet. But it really do. I mean, we are who we are because of these people. Yeah. All walks of life, from people who have no money to people who have a lot of money. It's just amazing. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really- And that's a, what I guess really is awesome like, point. everybody needs to know that. Like your small little flower or name made me be who I am today. So please appreciate that. Maybe I don't remember it anymore and I see you go, oh yeah, now I remember that. Right. Yeah, bring that in when I fix that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bring that, that, up. <laughs> that was uh that wasn't my good day. That was a long but time I, ago. I just I can't <laughs> express enough how fortunate we are to get to do what we do and interact with the people we do. I think that's amazing. I think that's a really great point to bring they, up. They love us, they want to be around us. They how, how do you even express that? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, speaking of wanting to be around you. Um, I want to end off by talking about your convention. Yes. Tell me about um, it. Where, okay, when? So it's in Mohegan Sun. Where's that? Pikesville, Connecticut. Okay. It's, it's an Indian casino, Native American casino. Uh, it's a beautiful establishment. I live close. I know a ton of people that work there. Well, awesome. So um, when is this? It's called the New England Tattoo Expo. Okay. It's uh, eight, the first weekend in April. I believe it's okay. the first, second, and third, um, which works good too because there is military bases within 10 miles. So there's seven. What kind 000, of military? Marine Corps, Army, Navy? Um, it's Navy. It's the Navy submarine base where they teach the Navy kids. It's the Coast Guard Academy. I will be there in April. Yes, you will. Yes, I will. <laughs> well, I'm there's excited. a website up, it's Instagram up. Like you can check it out. Perfect. What's the, what's the at at Instagram? I'll put it up. on. I think it's New, it's New England Tattoo Expo. Okay, perfect. And the website's the same, New England Tattoo Expo.com. Yes. 
Yep. Awesome. And uh, yeah, so I, I just want to thank you for coming on and doing this lengthy. Thank you so much. Anytime you're a doll. Thank you very much. And uh, I will see you in April. I hope so. Bye. Bye.